Welcome back, guys. This is uh, episode two of uh, the Clear Path uh, NBA basketball, all basketball sorts of things podcast. Um, we got this is Jacob McCormick. Uh, the ho- <laughs> I'm hosting again today with uh, an Alex Philbrick jump back on with me. Um, uh, just to, to cover really quick, uh, this is a kind of an emergency response podcast to the the Blake Griffin news that we'll you know, rehash here in a second if you if you didn't catch it today. But um, but good to have you back, Alex. Glad we could. Yeah, uh, glad to be here. Yeah, man. Interesting uh, reason for us to be on, but right. Regardless, I'm happy to be here. Right. Always. Uh, some of the podcasts that I personally follow, they always do like emergency episodes. Yeah. Or whenever it's just like fun stuff. I mean, it's yeah, no doubt. It's like, dude, at six thirty, I don't have anything else to do, so might as well <laughs> get on. But um, but yeah, so uh. Yeah, but uh, what we are covering today is the Blake Griffin trade, which if you were under a rock and didn't see Woj's report today, um, kind of a, I guess, early evening, mid-afternoon for me, West Coast, but uh, it broke that, well, earlier today to start with, Avery, it was, it kind of broke that, or maybe it was yesterday, but it broke that Avery Bradley was being made available. Um, that was something that came out of the Pistons camp that they were looking to possibly move him, who's, you know, an expiring contract. Well, then today we get a report from Woj saying that the Clippers and the Pistons have been discussing a Blake Griffin trade. And then like 10 minutes later, it's confirmed <laughs> that Griffin's going for uh, he went to Detroit for Avery Bradley, Tobias Harris, Boban, Marjanovic. Uh, a protected first and a second from Detroit and the Pistons also get Bryce Johnson and Willie Reed, which is just two throw-ins for um, yeah. uh, for salary purposes. But man, that was you didn't see it coming. This is what like nine, ten days from the deadline. This is pretty. Yeah, uh, February eighth, I believe. Yeah, they went ahead and got got in front of things, which I don't hate. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's fun to have this kind of big NBA news, yeah. but. Is just what's the most the most surprising part about it? Obviously, is that it's Blake Griffin. He just signed yeah. a five year, one hundred seventy three million dollar deal. Yeah, to be the franchise like player six months ago, and now they're just dealing him. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, I think it's a better move for the Clippers. Well, I yeah. mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll get get into who we think won the trade or whatever. Right. Um, it, but. It was, yeah, that's what's most shocking to me. It's like, wait, what? You just signed this guy to the max deal, mm-hmm. wanted to make him your cornerstone, and now you're shipping him to Detroit in January. But man, uh, yeah, fun, fun blockbuster trade though for sure. Yeah, I mean that's kind of uh, the initial reaction. Um, you know, once you get past the awe of like the shock of like, oh wow, just a trade went down out of nowhere. It was, you know, and Blake Griffin is kind of a. His, his personality, I would say NBA Twitter appreciates his humor and kind of mm-hmm. out, uh, outgoingness or whatever, you know, that whole fun Clippers type of – people have had fun at his expense, but they've also, you know, shown a lot of respect to him. But, you know, he's not the type of player that you would necessarily, you know, imp- you know have sympathy for for situations. Like, guy lives in L.A. He's got – you know – getting paid a lot of money, like whatever. The team has been kind of known for whining. He's not the kind of type of person that you would – think people would go to bat for but yeah. um the the rapid reaction was you know the quotes of you know rehashing articles that were written when he re-signed this past summer about the clippers putting his name up in the rafters and yes yeah, all that retiring a clipper things like that you know when they were in a situation where chris paul was definitely leaving and they wanted to hold on to a star uh it just kind of i mean i understand it's business and i mean he gets paid he gets paid it's part of the part of the thing i do feel 
slightly bad just for the, you know, being promised something like a long-term future and then it being taken from you. So like four months into the season kind of, kind of sucks regardless of who it is, who it happens to. Yeah. It, I think it definitely sucks for, for Blake yeah. Griffin because he seems like a guy who really loves the the whole LA thing. He likes to be out there. He chose to sign that deal. So he could have gone, I mean, pretty much we could say he got, could have gone anywhere uh, he, he had his options and he chose LA just this past summer and now they're shipping him to Detroit that that's the that's the part that I think sucks for him um, but as you, I mean as you said I, I don't like feel bad for him as a as a person because he's I mean it's that's just the business but right. it, it does suck to choose a place and then they they say no we're gonna send you here to a place you didn't choose whenever you had all these options <laughs> like six months ago right right i mean uh we always need to keep in mind that these guys are getting paid in an elite level and, and and to a certain point you can't relate everyday life to like you know people like you and me to them but i do think we need to keep in mind a lot of times that you know i mean regardless of how much money you're getting paid if you were just told you have to go somewhere and all of a sudden start playing within like a couple of days yeah, definitely. Just move across the country or to a place that you never envisioned yourself living. You know, it, it is like what do you think we should keep in mind as fans that that's not like super easy, regardless if you you know make a hundred million dollars over the course of a you know career. It's like it's still not you know you still have to live in that area. Yeah, and you still have to move your family at the drop of a hat. <laughs> right. You, you might have a huge house, but and whatever kind of call, you know whatever you want to go along with it, but it's still is in a part of the country that you probably don't care for, especially since you've rooted yourself in LA um, yeah. for the past like six or seven years. But, um, but yeah, so I mean, that's once you get past that and get down into the trade, you, you get past the, you know, the, the, the I guess the emotions of it, you kind of look at the nuts and bolts and you wonder why each team did what they did. And I guess if we wanted to just to head it off by saying who we thought won the trade, I would, I think we both kind of agree the Clippers did. Just by yes. just by moving off that money long term, and obviously yes. these are probably plans that go into the, the next two years and signing big name free agents, you know, aka LeBron stuff like that. Yeah. But it, you know, is your if you're Detroit, like, I mean, you traded your wing, some of your wing depth for another yeah. for another big man that goes along with a, you know, it's kind of a similar DeAndre situation there now with Andre yeah, Drummond I, I was, being like the, a really similar player to DeAndre. Yeah, very, very. I was thinking that same thing, he, but I was thinking Blake Griffin's like, I'm just going from DeAndre to another version of DeAndre now. <laughs> Somebody but, I don't know as well, but the same. Player. Yeah, it's like <clears throat> for the Clippers side, I think this in a big picture uh, way, all signs point to them making a run at LeBron this offseason. I think that's what this kind of tells me. They're taking on guys that are um, – I mean, Br- Bradley won't be on the books after this year. Uh, Tobias is on a relatively cheap deal uh, for only one more year after this. They're getting rid of their biggest contract with Blake Griffin. They really have a lot of cap room coming up this offseason, and obviously this only gives them more. Right. Uh, but on Detroit's side, like I messaged you earlier to- earlier tonight – this is like a what the hell are y'all doing thing for, <laughs> yeah. for Detroit. I mean, it, it doesn't make sense on the floor. You're taking on this huge contract, um, a bad contract, really, a guy. I mean, I love Blake Griffin. He, I'm an OU fan, so I, I remember loved watching him back in college and, and still, follow, still following him in the NBA. But 
I think he, he at this point, how how much is he really going to give you on that big contract? He's a guy who's yeah. often battling injuries, um, and he's only getting older. I mean, he's he's like what twenty nine now. Yeah. Uh, so he, how much more is of his prime does he have left when his game is really predicated on explosiveness and physicality? So it it just limits your if you're the Pistons, it limits your spacing, your shooting. Um, I mean, you just traded a guy who's shooting 41% from three in Tobias Harris, another guy who's shooting 38% from three with Bradley, and you're um, in a league that's that that's becoming a necessity, and you just got another big man um, when you already have Drummond. It's a lot of questionable things on Detroit side, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but I, what do you think about it from Detroit side? I mean – I get that. We also have to, to to hit on that this was a trade. I mean, I know Doc technically isn't the GM anymore, but this was basically a trade between two coaches that act as GMs. Yeah. So Stan Van yeah. Gundy does the same thing that Doc Rivers before this season did, you know, now that Jerry West took over. But so Stan Van is basically like president of basketball ops, does a lot of the moves. He's, you know, they're a team that without having really made the playoffs or just squeaked in the past couple of years were one of the highest paid rosters in the NBA with a lot of money to people like Reggie Jackson and, and John Luer and, and, you know, mm-hmm. even Boban play, players like that, that, you know, they're, they're overpaid. That's flat, plain and simple. Um, for their perspective, I mean, you're a player that I thought actually would get, might get traded Stanley Johnson, uh, a rookie that hasn't really filled out his potential. I guess he's going to move into the starting lineup. You're going to see Reggie Jackson, who's been out, uh, have to be relied on even more offensively. I don't think – I mean, you would obviously improve at the four position, but you're you're jumping into a situation where, you know, the same struggles that L.A. was having this year. You know, they had Lou Williams and a couple of guards that helped them get out of this, but you're going into a no-space situation with – and the shooters, the, the players you have playing the wing now – are you lost two of your best shooters, like you said? Maybe Luke Kennard gets more minutes, but he still hasn't really done, you know, contributed much this year. So you're expecting this was clearly a move, a short term move made to go at the playoffs right now. And, yeah, and do you even you know, feel like a better team after that? I was just going to say, I mean, they're three games out of the eight seed mm-hmm. as of tonight, and now I think the Clippers were in a better a better situation to, I mean. I guess they had – what I'm trying to say is they. I thought they had better guards around Blake Griffin than the Pistons do now. I mean, I, I don't see the Pistons having a guy like Lou Williams or even Pat Beverly, honestly, do you? No, I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, that, I really don't see it. I mean, they just traded him. Yeah. They don't, <laughs> yeah, they don't They don't really have, like, anybody that can that can do something like that to complement, you know, those, those big guys, so. And, I mean, I don't think – there's no doubt that – they're going to give some teams a lot of problems down low now with those right. guys. I mean, they already did with just with Drummond alone. I know the Celtics yeah. often struggle yeah. against the Pistons because Drummond can eat them up down low, and that's going to be even more the case more now. But I still think that can only take you so far. Right. I think the interesting – the thing here is it's like if you can get into the playoffs, I think in the East, you can be an interesting first-round matchup if you're an eight or the seven seed. I think with a team like this playing, like you said, playing a team like the Celtics, I do think they would be, they would win throughout the course of the series. They would come prevail, but it'd be an interesting, you know, maybe a team that steals a couple games from the Celtics. I definitely think they could steal a couple games from the Raptors. 
Um, so mm-hmm. really, I mean, the, the only thing, this is just my blind faith in LeBron. I think they'd probably get swept by LeBron if they played him in the first round, but <laughs> that's yeah. just me like saying it till I'm proven wrong. But you do, you, I don't, I, I mean, is the, is the front office so worried about just scraping in that eight seed, regardless of what it might mean more long-term? I just think it's a ter- it's a it's a tough spot to put yourself in f- going forward for the next four years, five years, including this one. He's got a player option in uh, what's it uh, the, the last year of his contract player option for almost thirty nine million dollars. So like, he's I mean he's taking that. There's no way yeah a, a almost mid thirties Blake Griffin is getting forty million on an open market unless he just proves us really wrong over the next four years. So you're no you're locked in there. I mean, and you, and you and and Drummond is locked in almost that long. He's got one less year on his contract. So you're locked into those players unless you get off of them without much in the way, wait waiting in the wings for or or whatever waiting in the wings for uh, wing depth. So you're gonna have to yeah. you're gonna have to. They're trading away a pick in this too. I mean, it'll be protected, mm. but I think it sounds like what the protections are. It's going to be like top four protected this year. Which I would yeah, assume top, conveys. Yeah, top, it's top four protected two thousand for 18, 19, and 20. Yeah. And then if somehow yeah. all three of those don't work out, then it's unprotected in 21. Right. So I guess they're crossing their fingers that that happens. But I mean, from from perspective now, I mean, that to me, that feels like a pick that's going to convey this year. I mean, I don't think Detroit's going to finish in the top four. No. Uh, so, I no mean, that sounds like if you're the Clippers, you're getting a pick like this year in the draft where it could be back into the lottery or, you know, in that top 20 range for sure, probably. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty good yeah, return probably. for on top of everything else. They're getting salary relief and, and, you know, a player, a 25 year old player in Tobias Harris still not, I mean, you still are the winner in my opinion, like we said, the, yeah, in I more agree. ways than one in Detroit. I think I you just have to, I mean, you just have to chalk it up to, you know, them, you know, zigging when other people are zagging or whatever it's just it's like do yeah. they think they have something like uh, like uh like new orleans had where you roll with the big man but i still think even that roster is, is worse than new orleans yeah it seems to me that it was just it's a, it's a case of the of the pistons just kind of bored with not making a move or yeah. or, or just kind of fed up with trying the same old thing and so they're like you know what we we, we, we don't know how this is going to work out, but screw it. We're, let's just go for it. Right. I'm not saying that that's what's happening. It just seems that way based on based on this deal. And yeah. it seems like Stan Van is, feels pressure. And so he he thinks, you know what, I, what do I have to lose? I'm just going to I'm going to go for right. it. I'm going to try to make a splash and see see what happens. But I think you're on the right track there. I think it just comes down to, you know, uh, a lot of people are, sw- you know, they their heads turn when you have a shiny item or some shiny mm-hmm. car drive by regardless of what the car is, you know, how much it costs and the situation surrounding it. I think, uh, you hear that a player like Blake Griffin, who's viewed as an all-star and you know, a top 20, 25 player in the league. When you find out that he's available and you don't have someone that you perceive is as good as him on your roster, yep. you, you, you end up talking yourself into making a deal that you probably wouldn't have done if you came at it from a different way. If you just did this yourself one night speculating, it's like, Oh, well, I probably wouldn't do this. But if like the Clippers come to you and they're like, Hey, Mm -hmm. we're, we're ready to deal Blake. Then you kind of get caught up. I mean, I feel like that's probably what happened. I feel like the Clippers had to have approached, you know, or at least made some calls about this. I feel like that's the way it came. 
I don't feel like yeah. you just and discover I, Blake Griffin out of your notes is the guy you want to go after. Yeah, and I, I actually had written down here, uh, you know, I, we've been pretty harsh on Detroit for this, um, yeah. but if they stay, if they just stand pat, stay, stay the same and don't make any moves, it's really easy to rip them for doing that and mm-hmm. for just trying to run it back with the same teams and, and not being good. And then, well, and then people, it's so it's really easy to say, well, you don't have an all star. How can you think you can win without right. an all star? And now they've down now they've gotten one, and so I do I will I do commend them for that at least for because it's 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 really easy for to to, to criticize them for not having that all star type player, and now they went and got one, so I, I do commend that that aspect of it. The move itself, I think that's what we're what we're um, disagreeing right. with. It's like you 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 but, you commend them for making a move to to what they in their mind improve the roster and get a player that, you know, is hot, I guess you would say, you know, at a different tier than what they had previously. So, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean you have to you give them a little bit of uh, you know, a little golf clap for yeah. uh, for for at least <laughs> yeah. making it interesting if not for that's a great way to put it. <laughs> yeah that's a great way to put but, it but uh just a quick little notes about this uh moving forward past the trade and kind of like what what this means after this um if you're the clippers um you got deandre jordan who has a player option for 24 million next year uh he's a, he's been involved in as we talked on the last pod and some trade discussion He's a guy that I'm not really sure if he was to play out this year of his contract, if he would automatically take that 24. I feel like he yeah. might still be able to get a deal on the open market uh, to similar value. Probably. Right, and, and he probably would look to go ahead and get in free agency now to get that three- or four-year contract instead of waiting another year. Um, so you, you, you might – find yourself not having to worry about that money next year and having a lot more cap space, or you could look to trade him right now for something that you, you feel is like a future asset, whether that's, you know, a trade with Cleveland, which I don't really know if they're going to try to, if, if this is a move to go after LeBron, is an underlying thing. Like, do you think they'd want to make Cleveland's roster better? So to keep that in mind, I think there is still a, probably a trade out there for Deandre and, you know, player like Austin rivers is on a, player option mm. next year for 12 million almost th- that guy's not turning that down you know a couple <laughs> middling players so they don't have a lot on the books next year they they have uh, some room to run after some players um yeah so. really the 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 thing that's weighing them down is yeah. the uh gallinari contract yep. next year but i i but like you said i i almost expect deandre to get traded um before that trade deadline if not i do think that he'll probably chase that max deal. I think the, it feels like the Clippers kind of want him to move on. They want as much room as possible. Yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, it, it, obviously the first name that people are going to turn to is LeBron, uh, with especially with them being an L.A. team. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, I mean, that's because, you know, LeBron, they got all the property in L.A., but it's like, does it have to be the Lakers? Maybe he wants to. Yeah. Maybe he wants to make. Maybe he doesn't want to just be the guy who won a championship with the Lakers. Maybe he wants to win one with the Clippers and then kind of have that be a an odd, unexpected turn to his legacy. Yeah. But still, nonetheless, would be you know it's a it's welcomed in my eyes. I'd love for it to happen because it would kind of because uh, obviously the Lakers would still have room and you know maybe depending on who they get you know it, it's good to have good teams out there so. Yeah, it'd be fun. Yeah. And one of the first things I said to you guys whenever this trade happened was the it wouldn't surprise me if the Clippers are thinking, yeah, 
we're you know we're, let's let's get this room to go after LeBron. We're 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 the LA team that doesn't have the LeVar Ball drama. Mm-hmm. And right. LeBron has LeBron owns forty four million dollars worth of homes in LA. It's already been widely speculated that that's where he's looking to go, but everyone always assumes Lakers and th- maybe the Clippers are are maybe the Clippers are the best option for him. Right. Maybe that's, I mean, they're in the same city. So, uh, um, uh, same arena. Right. Right. So, uh, yeah, well that they are, and that is something too. They are building a new arena for the Clippers. So that would be even more, that even would be more incentive to get a player like LeBron talk about selling out some tickets. But, um, yeah. I also wanted to touch on uh, a guy like you know, we talked about Deandre probably being out the door, making a lot of sense, at least just to, just to cancel all, uh, possibility of him taking that option next year. And then Lou Will, who you don't have to worry about next season, but is definitely mm-hmm. of value to somebody. Him and Tyreek Evans, similar players this year, you know, can be the six-man scorer, can handle the ball and score at a high rate um, off that bench unit or depending on the situation you're in, whatever unit, and, and really can bolster a playoff squad. I was looking kind of at the standings here out, out east to, to begin with and at a team that might look to – add him that maybe I don't know if there's a deal out there where you could package that Gallinari contract I don't think there's a a team out there that would be willing to do that just to improve this season maybe like Philly but I don't think they would do it that's just they have higher aspirations I'm not sure of uh Indiana's uh book of uh book of business or whatever but um I I do look think for I think they're probably definitely exploring and probably going to settle on a first round pick for Lou Will or uh, possibly just like a young guy from, a, you know, yeah. maybe a, just you hard, it's hard to see teams out West wanting to make a move necessarily mm-hmm. um, yeah. with the, with the, with the, um, the Warriors and the Rockets looming. I mean, maybe a, maybe a yeah. Timberwolves trade out there. I don't know. That's a team I could see. And I, and I do think the Clippers aren't looking to, to tank. I think no. that, I think it shows because they got quality players back that can start for them and, and play for them now from the Pistons. And so I don't necessarily and, – and with Lou being on a – with him being a free agent anyway next year, yeah, if they could get, like you said, a first-round pick for him, I think that that's probably something they would – they're looking – they would be interested in. But I don't think they're just trying to throw him away and, and go for the tanking, uh, no. the tanking route. Yeah, that's a good point too because if you feel like you won this trade and you feel confident about what you're going to be going into next offseason – you, I mean, I think they're. I think the Clippers are a better team today than they were yesterday. So I think with the with Boogie, which we didn't talk about, but Boogie being out for the season now with a torn, yeah. which sucks for a torn Achilles. Sad. You, yeah. the Clippers are the next in line to move into that playoff hunt, and they don't really have much mm-hmm. behind them as far as competition. So it's looking to me like they'll be right there in that eight or nine, depending on if the Pelicans slide, how far they slide, but. You know, with with that roster, with every adding Bradley Harris, and you know, keeping Lou Will, like even if you kept him and DeAndre, like that's a pretty good team going into the. Um, yeah. pretty, you know, that's that's an eight to seven seed team that you know it's not it's not anything to sneeze at. I mean, they're not going to beat anybody in the first round. I don't think. But no, you know, it's at least. To, but they weren't they weren't going to be anybody in the first round with Blake Griffin right, either. Right, and this is a situation where it's like, oh, we're tanking, but or we're giving up, but we're still competing. So you're not losing any of that. You're not getting you know bashed or anything in the media like that. So you're you're still yeah. making a playoff contention. You're still getting that gate at in the playoffs. Yeah, you, know, you know those ticket costs and, and things like that. And then you're going into next season in a much better, in a much better place. But you know that's, I still think they probably move at least one of those guys. 
Yeah, I agree. I think I I expect DeAndre, like I said earlier, but at least I, at least um, if if not by this trade deadline in the offseason, I, I would expect him to go after that max deal if he, if he if it's there for him, which I think it probably would be. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's one one last thing I had was I'm I'm calling this the Boban trade. <laughs> this isn't the Blake Griffin trade; it's the Boban trade. Hey, I mean that he may be the highest profile. I mean, I saw somebody tweet today; it may have been Zach Lowe, saying that please just if anything comes of this trade, be it that Boban becomes a movie star, and <laughs> I, I completely agree. Like, please. Uh, <laughs> Please, like, please make something like that happen. I mean, that, I mean, he's a guy that had a good season with San Antonio, but definitely got paid more than he deserved. But he's a, he's a decent oh, yeah. backup big. Yeah. I mean, he's not like he's he's huge. At least at least there's that. Because you did get you but get rid of Bryce Johnson and Willie Reed, so you don't have much depth there. Yeah, and it's shocking that the Pistons would make a bad deal and overpay for somebody. We didn't just spend thirty minutes talking about the Pistons doing that. No didn't way. We? They've done. I mean, Langston Gallo. They have guys making like it's like if basically if you make less than if you were asking for between like six and eight million, they were just like, okay, cool. That doesn't matter. We'll pay anybody. We'll, we will pay anybody seven million dollars or less. Anybody that wants money, come come get it. But uh, but that's a team that you know, unless this turns out to be something that we didn't see, which I'm not counting out because a lot of times you know it's like that. Oladipo, Paul George trade. You didn't think there was any way that that could work, or that that was going to be worth mm-hmm. it, but it ended up being that way. So, I guess until yeah. I mean, we'll see how this plays out in the season. Maybe I mean, shoot, I'd love to see another competitive team out east. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And this is actually interesting. I just I just found this in my <clears throat> some notes that I had from the last pod we did. I had a on my trade machine it, before Boogie got hurt. Yeah. It was uh, New Orleans and Detroit. Detroit gets Boogie, and New Orleans gets Tobias Harris, Brett, Avery Bradley, and, a D- and Detroit's first rounder. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> I guess that happened for Blake That Griffin. was basically you I had the trade they, except the wrong player. <laughs> except Yeah, except Boban, so it wasn't the Boban <laughs> trade, so I screwed up there. <laughs> I mean, honestly, you know, you put Boogie next to Andre Drummond. Like, I, I mean, I don't think that's a worse team than with Blake Griffin. Uh, I think that's probably no. against – you're probably even better. I think you're probably better. You, have a, you, have, you basically have two guys that can switch on to anybody and then one elite scorer. So I would say Boogie's yeah. probably even a better scorer than Blake. Yeah, I think he's a better player than yeah, Blake too. All around. It sucks, man. I hate I, – yeah. I don't I – being a Grizzlies fan and then being in our uh, division, uh, the Pelicans, it's been fun to make fun of how bad their wings and their roster has been <laughs> around AD. But I was really excited this year to see them go in the playoffs and play a team like uh, – uh, Golden State or Houston, just you know that that right there would be a fun matchup. Just seeing those guys, yeah. And it just sucks now that they don't get. To, I mean, I feel bad for all that that all those guys. I mean, the, the you know Boogie and AD both having a probably their two of their best you know their best seasons and playing together yeah. just sucks. I know it's a suck. Yeah, so well, that'll be an interesting situation to follow. You know whether they decide to scrap it all and get rid of AD or. You know, try to re-sign yeah. Boogie. I think they probably end up re-signing him. Yeah, and part of what sucks too is you. It's one of those injuries where you don't really know for sure what their player is going to be like when they come mm-hmm. back. And we and Boogie's a great player, and so if if his ability is compromised now by this, that would be make it even worse. Not right. only did they re- lose this season, but hopefully he's the same when he comes back for 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 NBA fans. Yeah, 
across the. I think I think it it actually might help New Orleans' chances of re-signing him because you can get it probably a discount yeah. on what you would have got, had to pay, and then also maybe this provides you the leverage to add in a team option in the la- in the end of that. Just because with injury history, you know, if you're able to do a three or a four year deal with the last year being a player op- a team option, so you kind of protect yourself. Um, uh, you insure yourself on against something like uh, happening with injury, but uh, <laughs> sounds like there's a little bit of something going on back there. Yeah, I don't know what that is. Uh, hey, man, when you live with roommates, you gotta you gotta no, deal no. with something. But we'll we'll end it on no, that. No. We'll end it on that. Um, but thanks for jumping on, Alex. Appreciate your your insight. We'll have something else this week, probably with a, a little more ride reaching uh, as far as some other teams and trade options. But um. But, yeah, thanks for jumping off for the emergency one. Thanks for having me, man. Loved it. All right, guys. Peace.